We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, but today doesn't feel that way. We are divided in more ways than one, and the media and the powers that be all have their own agenda. The people of this great nation no longer care about the truth, they only care about the side they are on. At Poor360, I am trying to change that. We're bringing you the facts and history so we can all learn something and make our own decisions. Tune in every Tuesday to be a part of that journey. Following, following the following is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. Went forward in time to view alternate futures, to see all the possible outcomes of the coming conflict. How many did you see? Fourteen million six hundred and five. How many did we win? and gentlemen, you are listening to Journey Into Comics, the podcast that's dedicated to everything nerd. With your host, the podfather himself, Nate Phillips, and introducing his new co-host, Tyler McLaughlin. You should have gone for the head. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Tyler, here for another episode of Journey Into Comics. This is 265. We're quickly approaching the um, the 300 mark. Almost 300 episodes of this show. Getting up there quite a ways. Um, for anybody listening, this is going to be a little bit shorter of an episode this week. Uh, Nate is extremely under the weather uh, here at... Journey into Comics Bunker number two at my household. We are all very, very sick. I'm dealing with a pretty nasty sinus infection. The weather's getting cold uh, here in Indiana. It's the time of misery and despair for anyone who lives in the Midwest that likes the summertime. And, uh, excuse me, like most people, uh, right as the weather turns cold, I get exactly that, a cold. So I've been fighting some crud the last couple days. Skylar and Ruby are both sick too. And then um, we went to the zoo for a, or the Indianapolis Zoo for a good portion of the day yesterday um, for an event that they have every year. They hold every year. It's called Zoo Boo. It's basically just the zoo stays open a couple hours later. Um, kids get to come in in costume and trick or treat and. The focus isn't really, like, every 15 feet there's someone with a bucket of candy. Um, I was actually impressed that, uh, you know, it was later in the afternoon and it's fall, so a lot of the animals were more active, and, and especially animals like uh, like the red panda, for example. It wasn't, you know, 85 or 90 degrees during the daytime when we would normally go to the zoo over the summer, um, and uh, an animal like that just lounges and and sleeps most of the day so ruby and skylar got to see uh a lot of the animals be active and and people were friendly and and it was a good time we hit we stopped at a a town on the way home called zionsville and had had some uh dinner at a local pizzeria there everything was fresh and 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 pretty good so we've had a busy uh weekend uh Number one goal t- for today was a little R&R, 
rest and relaxation. So, but I do have uh, a little bit of comic news, uh, some some things to kind of pick your brains as fans uh, about this week. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into it. The Joker uh, movie, Joaquin Phoenix is killing it at the box office. Ignore my cell phone there, I'm sorry. Um, the Joker is killing it, and, you know, for anyone that's listened to the show up until this point, uh, or, or really at all since the Joker movie has been announced. Joaquin Phoenix is an actor that Nate and I both really enjoy, and we, we have a lot of faith in as an actor. Um, we were pretty, uh, I'm not going to say weary, but we were not super enthusiastic about this take um, on the character uh, because of you know the comments that, that some of the, the, the directors and cast have said you know a few months back where... This is basically just. This is just a movie about a guy and not, not really staying true to the source material. So, I'm actually really surprised and really happy to see that it's that it's doing so well. I mean, I've had at least two or three friends or acquaintances of mine um, reach out to me every day, pretty much since it since it dropped in theaters and said. You or and they're saying you have to go see this movie. Um, I don't know when, um, when I'm going to be able to uh, give it a watch, and and I, I think the same goes for Nate as well. Um, but definitely, definitely going to try and see it here soon. I think Skylar is also intrigued. Um, you know, it's getting to be it's getting to be the fall where everybody's busy, and and you got to really. Um, you got a really crunch time. Uh, so, I don't know. Um, I, I'm really happy to see that, that Joaquin Phoenix is getting the, the credit that he deserves. Um, you know, because like a lot of the actors that we've talked about on this show, I feel like Joaquin Phoenix just overall is, is underappreciated. I feel like for a lot of people, when you say Joaquin Phoenix, the first thing you think about is his role... Um, in the movie Signs as a supporting actor for Mel Gibson. And, you know, your your thoughts on that movie just in general are, are irrelevant. Um, because if, if, you, if you shrink his whole career down and then justify your opinion of him based just on that one movie, um, you're, you're, you're selling yourself short. Because the guy is uber talented, and he has what a lot of actors in Hollywood don't really have anymore is he has a lot of a lot of care um, and a lot of immersion in the character that he's doing. Um, you know, it should make you uh, feel a lot of the, the the same things that that we had when we had Heath Ledger as Joker. <clears throat> that character did a lot of things to him that is unfortunate, obviously. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix is the same kind of guy. So really glad to see that that movie's killing it in the box office. Uh, I really hope that it continues to, because like Nate and I have talked a lot on the show, I hope that between Shazam and now uh, The Joker, I'm really hoping that this is a good stepping stone um, 
for DC kind of to get their shit together, especially now that you've got James Gunn and J.J. Abrams, and you've got a, you've got a good crew of people that have uh, some investment in your organization and want to see it succeed, obviously, um, for their own success and because they legitimately care about what they're doing. So pretty excited about that. Uh, the next thing we're going to talk about, we... <clears throat> we talked about last week on the show Martin Scorsese's comments against um, just the MCU and, and, and comic book movies in general. Um, and we talked about how unfortunate that is. Uh, you know, the industry as a whole, I think, it, fans and the industry, I think we 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 all pretty well respect um, Martin Scorsese. And I don't understand... <clears throat> excuse me fighting a cold like I said um, I, I don't really understand what his play is here I, I, I don't because I mean I get if if someone if if I'm in um, a personality of any kind and I walk up to Martin Scorsese and, and I, I bait him into this discussion um, you know and I ask him questions and 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 then you know as the media I paint this picture to make him look bad you know I, I get that angle that happens a lot we talk about it a lot um, but this is, you know, the more, it, it seems like every couple of days since that first incident now, I'm seeing other actors getting involved to defend, um, you know, pretty much modern cinema for what it is because of how important the kind of the superhero dynamic or, uh, template is, um, in movie making. And Martin Scorsese is still, I mean, he's, he's, He's going out of his way um, to basically say now that uh, they shouldn't even be uh, viewed at the movies. That they should never. That they should never run in a movie theater. Um, and I don't. I, I. I just don't understand where that's coming from. As an artist, you should be able to respect other people's vision, um, and not everything has to be. You know, not everything has to be The Departed, or not everything has to be, and, and you know, I'm going to say some things that aren't Martin Scorsese, but ju- just just as a comparison, not everything has to be The Godfather, or The Departed, or, um, you know, plug in any, uh, The Revenant, or uh, The Green Book, I mean, Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, not everything has to be 100% rooted in reality, and not everything has to be 100% just, these are the basic characters I have, and these are the flaws that they have, and and then this is the story that I'm going to tell with these characters. I think that's a very narrow-minded approach, and it's a, it's a mindset of the industry doesn't have to change and evolve and it doesn't have to allow other forms of expression and art. And it's really sad to see that. I hope that, um, you know, he, he, you know, I appreciate the fact that he is, he is, uh, standing by his opinion, but, and I respect that, but I really hope that, um, the right person in the industry reaches out to him and says, Hey man, you should, uh, you know, either either just lay off, you know, because it's your opinion. You don't have to throw it in everybody's face, or just just let it go. Um, everyone just wants to be successful and and have fun. So, moving on from that, we've got a little bit of James Gunn news. 
since we're talking about him and Martin Scorsese. James Gunn says the Suicide Squad is the biggest, most fun film he's worked on. That's the headline uh, written today, actually, uh, just a little bit ago on comicbook.com. That's Sunday for all you people listening on release day, Monday. Um, I'm going to read a couple little snippets uh, from this article. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because <clears throat> we as fans of, you know, James Gunn as a director and the franchise that is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, we all know how passionate uh, Gunn and the rest of the cast are um, for that franchise. So it'll be really interesting to see, number one, how this movie does, kind of how the story plays out, his involvement in the in the DC cinematic universe, you know, on and on and on. But I'm going to read a couple snippets from this, and then, uh, yeah, here we go. Over the past five years, James Gunn has been attached to three blockbuster films for Hollywood's two leading studios. In his time making comic book-based properties, Gunn says no film has ever been bigger or more fun to make, for that matter, than Suicide Squad, a movie the filmmaker is now in production on. In a Q&A Sunday afternoon on Instagram, Gun Revealed Squad is the most fun he's had on a movie while his most challenging while his most challenging to make was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, Gun says they're all challenging. Uh, Super was physically brutal. So much so much movie and so little shoot it. Guardians 1 was scary because I didn't know if people would get the vibe. Guardians 2 was the hardest because of my mental state. And he says Suicide Squad is the most complex and biggest, but also the most fun so far. So I guess overall, Volume 2. Um, let me scroll down a little bit here. He said... <clears throat> this is Gun. As I've said so many times, at the end of the day, Marvel and DC fans have a lot more in common than they do not. I am now and have been for almost all my life both, Gunn tweeted. Maybe you like one more than the other, that's cool, but that doesn't mean you can't enjoy them all or that you have to tear the other down. I know I and my partners at both Marvel and DC believe what's good for one studio is generally good for all, spurring each other on daily spurring each other on daily with heartfelt, spectacular, and innovative entertainment that keeps audiences around, the world loving more movies based on or inspired by sequential art. Let's go, teams. Um, I mean, what more What more can you ask for <clears throat> from a director, and, and especially a, a director in, in, in as precarious as the situation as James Gunn has been in the last couple of years? Um, you know, the guy is playing for both teams and obviously he has, um, you know, he has a financial stake in, in all of that. He wants all of these properties that he's involved in to succeed, but he just, I mean, you know, he's out there standing on the sidewalk saying everybody just love everybody. He just wants, he wants these movies to succeed. He wants the actors that, that, that he, that he that, that helps him create these stories and 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 you know to tell these messages and and everything that James Gunn does with his stories he he just wants to make movies and he wants us as fans to enjoy them and what more can you ask for from a director i'm i for one um i think the suicide squad you know i'm one of the few people i think that enjoyed the first one 
even without the extended edition material. Um, you know, some of the cast isn't there. I saw yesterday or early this morning, I can't remember, I saw a lot of the leaked set photo or photos. Photos. Um, some of the costumes look a little bit uh, comic-y. No pun intended there. Uh, maybe a little bit too cartoony. Uh, you know, that's that's up for debate, obviously. We'll see when the movie... Mm. We'll see when the movie uh, debuts... Um, but I, I think it's going to be a good one. I think, I think a lot of what we loved from Guardians of the Galaxy will be in the Suicide Squad. And I think all the positive things, and there were positive things, folks. You just have to look for them a little bit. Um, I feel like all the positives from the Suicide Squad will carry over, especially with, you know, with actors like Jay Courtney coming back as Captain Boomerang, um... You know, he's really passionate about that character, and, and he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of notoriety um, in the industry. Um, yeah, I, I think the Suicide Squad's going to be cool. Um, definitely look forward to that one. Really happy to see uh, Gunn enjoying what he's doing. Um, move on to a little bit of Star Wars news here. Chris Hemsworth, this is also from comicbook.com, the headline is, Chris Hemsworth would love to join the Star Wars franchise. Um, I'm not going to read this whole article because it's basically just Chris saying that he would like to be a part of Star Wars. Um, Chris Hemsworth, you know, obviously one of the biggest names in Hollywood, uh, you know, even removed from Marvel and uh, Disney there. I think that, like we have said pretty much with every actor over the last, you know, year to 18 months... Every actor that wants to be involved in Star Wars, as long as they want to be a part of it, I feel like that they should. Um, Star Wars is a big enough universe, no pun intended there, that uh, there's there's literally a role for everyone. And what I mean by that is there are so many established characters in um, you know the canon material and the legends or expanded material, however you want to call it. Um, here in 2019 with with Disney. I feel like there's enough talent in Hollywood that if you need to write some new characters and there's not necessarily one that you want to utilize in a story, there's enough talent to create a good template for a villain or a hero or a supporting character. Literally anything that you can think of in Star Wars will work. So... um, it's kind of up in the air what what Chris Hemsworth's uh, future with Disney is as far as um, Thor and Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers. So there will be <clears throat> there will come a time when he'll have to put that behind. Uh, that might just be a really opportune stepping stone to roll right into Star Wars and do something really cool. So that was one that I I, I didn't really expect. Um, just because there's enough Star Wars is weird because there's there's so much star power in in the industry from or at least in the franchise from all the way back from A New Hope up until where we're at right now there's been so many actors that have been a part um a part of the story even in the smallest 
uh, roles. I mean, you think back to The Force Awakens. Daniel Craig was, you know, the stormtrooper that let Rey go on uh, Starkiller Base. So, okay, thank you. Ruby's stopping in for a quick, uh, quick picture. Here, you want me to take your picture? All right, take it real quick because I'm doing a show. All right, thank you. I'll be in there in a minute. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, I feel like, especially with Nate and I talking about the last couple weeks, that as far as Star Wars goes, it's just controversy, 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 negative, negative, negative. And I don't want, you know, as a Star Wars fan at heart, I don't, that's not what I want. You know, I don't, I don't want, and especially myself, I'm a pretty critical, critical person. I don't want someone to say Star Wars, and the first thing that comes to my mind is, man, episode eight was so bad, episode nine was so bad, you know, the actors were awful, like, I, I don't, I, that's not what I want to associate Star Wars with, because you shouldn't have to, and I, I feel like that of all the franchises in the industry, Star Wars should be the home run no matter what. Now, granted, I, I do understand that Star Wars fans are the most fickle of fan bases just in general. Um, you know, but I survived season eight of Game of Thrones. I shouldn't have to struggle to get good Star Wars material. You know, whether that's on on uh, out of a book or... You know, an audiobook or a movie or a video game, it shouldn't matter. Star Wars should be the easiest thing in the industry to write, direct, produce, and deliver. Because there's actors everywhere that want to be a part of it. You have literally limitless material, source, fan fiction, or otherwise. It's just everywhere. So. I am maintaining my skepticism for episode nine. Um, you know, when I saw the force awakens on premiere night, I just was not, man, it, I just, it's hard to explain. It just didn't do it for me. And, you know, I, I felt a lot of the same ways about Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. Um, overall through, through his, total performance I liked Hayden Christensen I didn't really care for Natalie Portman in the first two Star Wars movies especially uh, Attack of the Clones with the teeny bopper love story that we got that was pretty rough to watch even as a as a uh, teenager um, you know by the end of the third movie I felt like that she had earned her, her spot um so what I'm what I'm trying to get to here, as long-winded as I am with Star Wars, I feel like as unhappy as I am, and and some fans are with Daisy Ridley, I feel like with Episode Nine being that last movie, along the same uh, same kind of vein as Hayden Christensen and Natalie Portman, I feel like right now is the make it or break it point. You know, she has said some things in the past where she basically wants to be done with the Star Wars franchise. And if you don't want to be a part of it, don't be a part of it. You know, it's not... Um, you don't have to be a part of Star Wars. So, um, but I feel like, 
with this being the culmination of the story, you know, but now Palpatine's involved. We got that incredible teaser with her and the double-sided lightsaber that looks like it's a bionicle weapon from the early 2000s. Um, you know, as as skeptical as I am and as standoffish as I am, I am excited for episode nine. Um, we've got the Mandalorian coming up next month. I want to continue to remind fans of that because I feel like... <coughs> Excuse me, I apologize for my poor condition. I feel like that if you're going to sleep on anything Star Wars related, let it be Episode Nine and not The Mandalorian. Um, the, the people that were involved in the production of that show, I feel truly give a shit. And I'm not just talking John Favreau, you know, Taika Waititi, all the people that were involved... Um, and I, I think, I think that show, obviously along with everything else that's, that's coming out on Disney plus, I feel like is going to be truly special. So, uh, like I said last week, <clears throat> next month, uh, I will have Disney plus on launch day. I was, I didn't get a part or I didn't get involved in the D 23 bundle, but I did get involved in the. Um, Disney Founders uh, Disney Movie Club thing, which is almost the same. Not as great a di- as a discount, but, pr- but pretty close. Um, so because I got uh, in on that deal, I will be a part of Disney Plus on launch day. Um, so look forward to my extended review of the Mandalorian show. I imagine that Nate and I are going to do a whole series on it. Um, for anyone out there that's that's re- enjoying our uh, kind of read through of Powers of X, uh, the X, the new X Men series. I apologize again this week for for not having something ready for that. You know, I explained it at the beginning of the show that that we're all down for the count with with this sinus bug and and Nate got a nasty migraine on top of that today. So we will get right back on that next week. Um, so don't be sad. Just looking here, refreshing my browser. I got a couple, a couple little notifications here. Um, here's something that, that Nate has talked a lot about on the show. Um, I got pretty uninvolved with it uh, right around season four. The Walking Dead spinoff creator reveals how third series differs from the other Walking Dead shows. So I really enjoyed, um, you know, basically up until the first or, or the fourth season of The Walking Dead. I remember when I was in high school, I went to my girlfriend at the time, which is now my wife. I went over to her parents' house on. Um, the debut night or premiere night of the show and my father-in-law had a rule that I had to be out of his house by 10 p.m. But it was on Halloween, you know, and Skylar basically begged him to let me stay so I could watch this show because, you know, he had a big massive TV and I didn't want to watch it at home on my like 45-year-old console TV. And I remember watching that premiere Um 
you know, watching Rick wake up in the in the the savage world that that he definitely didn't expect, and then I loved watching the first couple seasons unfold, and then through work and everything else, a lot a, a, a lot like kind of how Game of Thrones played out for me. I just lost touch with the series. Um, I've tried to go back and watch it a couple times, and I can't get I really can't get Skyler invested in it. I did watch the first two seasons of Fear the Walking Dead, and I enjoyed both of those. I really liked the cast. Um, so I don't know. Maybe maybe once this um, maybe once this uh, this new spinoff debuts, I will I'll go back all the way at the beginning and and power through it. Because, I don't know, The Walking Dead's not a super complex show, I, it's not like Game of Thrones where I feel like you have to watch every episode or you're, you're not going to understand what's happening 20 or 30 episodes later, so I think, uh, I think I'm going to give it a shot. We've got a bunch of stuff coming up, you know, as far as the Disney Plus shows, um, you know, this Walking Dead spinoff, HBO has a new show, show coming out that's, um, gonna be the His Dark Materials, uh, story, you know, the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, blah, blah, blah. I think that show's gonna be really cool. Um, James McAvoy looks incredible. They cast the young woman who played X-23 and Logan as, uh, Lyra, the main character. So I think... Especially with kind of how um, Game of Thrones did HBO dirty with that eighth season, I think that um, his Dark Materials, I think that will be true to the story. Um, those books obviously aren't as long as The Song of Ice and Fire, and there's only three of them. Um, I, I think this will be really cool. The cast looks great. A lot of the cast of Game of Thrones carries over um, to this new show. The CGI looks incredible. So I might I might convince Nate into watching that one too. I don't I'm not I'm not sure if Nate has read any of the books, but I profoundly remember reading those books um, when I was in middle school. And at the time, it was a big controversy. I'm not from an extremely religious family, but I remember reading those books and seeing some news coverage on, you know, local and national news about how an atheist wrote those books and, you know, how awful it was. And, and that, that gave me a little bit more drive um, at the time just to read the books because it was so controversial. Um you know, at that point in my life. And I really enjoyed them. I strongly recommend um, the His Dark Materials series for anyone that that kind of likes a, a steampunk yet sci-fi modern noir. It's, it's so many different genres mashed together. It's a fantastic series. Obviously, it's it, it's um, geared a little bit more towards teens, but it's one of the better better series. I went back two years ago and reread the whole series and really enjoyed it um, as an adult. So, strongly recommend that for anyone. Um, if you've seen the movie with Daniel Craig and Nicole Kidman, The Golden Compass, just ignore that. Um, it was not good. I will totally agree with that. But... The book series is way better. So, like a lot of things, just read the books because they're better. So, let me 
do one more quick check here just to see if I've got any any quick things for the wrap up. Uh, to kind of finish this, or, or to add a little bit more to the Walking Dead uh, spinoff series that I that I brought up a minute ago, this headline from Comic Book Tom says. The Walking Dead universe won't lean on crossovers like DC or Marvel's universe. So, I mean, what do you really expect? Um, that show, that series just needs to get back to telling stories about zombies and people. And not these big shitting shared universes and everything else. Um, for anyone still listening... I want to apologize for this episode. I know it's not the greatest, but I feel awful. Um, and thank you for listening. Um, I do want to continue to sprinkle in the idea of Nate and I will have a spry, or surprise, a surprise. We will have a surprise coming up uh, in the next few months that should... Um, Everyone should be made aware, I would imagine, around Christmas time. Um, it's something big happening for Nate and I, at least, uh, the first of the year. So, um, if you're if you're feeling uh, antsy and, and, and you can't wait to hear about it anymore, um, just message the Journey Into Comics Facebook and uh, send us some guesses of what you think it is. And that'll give us a lot of enjoyment. And if you guess it right, we'll tell you what it is. But I think I think that's going to do it for, for me today. Um, I want to apologize again. This is a little bit of a short one uh, just because everybody's down for the count. But thank you all for listening. Um, thank you all for, for sticking with us. And... I think that's going to do it for me. This has been Tyler on episode 265. So if you would, do me one big favor. Like we always do, pop your caps back and fill your brains with shit. Thank you.